Galatians chapter 5. Excuse me. I want to thank all those that were participated in our food distribution yesterday. Um, I heard that it went well, like really, really well. And um, praise God for that. A lot of things going on. Thank God for all those that participated Sunday and we were all over the place. And uh, praise God. <laughs> and um, so what, a, what an honor to just be a part of what God is doing in the earth. Amen. Amen. Whatever part he wants me to play, I just want to play my part, whatever role that is. And he gets all the glory. Um, Galatians chapter 5. Um, and so start at verse one and uh, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, I, Paul say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing for I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubles you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the Christ of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. And here's what I kind of want to focus on. Verse 13 for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, two more scriptures, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So there's liberty in the spirit of God. I mean, you can be seated. There's liberty. Um, and so we've been called to liberty and, um, the, the, the gospel, the new Testament gospel it's um, it's not about do's and don'ts, right? It's not a it's not a list of things. It's not um, law. You can't touch this. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't do this. Um, there is a liberty in the spirit because the Bible says that you're made righteous by faith. So righteousness doesn't come by your works, right? It doesn't come because you did everything right or you did this right or that wrong. Righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. So he stamps you righteous, and then from there, right, he stamps you righteous, he pours out his spirit on you, he pours, fills us with the Holy Ghost, and then he tells us, now walk in the spirit. You're free. You're free from the law. You're free from do this, don't do that. You're free from the bondage of, 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 of um, you have to and you can't, because when that mixes with the flesh, the Bible says it creates sin, right? So the law, Romans chapter seven, it says the law, which was good, sin made it evil. Like it produced sin in me. 
So the command came, don't steal. And then my flesh says, well, I want to steal, you know, and that's what happens with the law when it when it marries up with flesh. And so he sets us free from it. He sets us free from it. And so now somebody says, well, well, I'm free from the law. I can do whatever I want. Yes, you can. You are free. Right. Um, But this is what he says. He says, don't use that liberty for an occasion for the flesh. Because if you use it as an occasion for the flesh, the flesh will then bring you back into the same bondage that he set you free from. There's only freedom in the spirit. So that's why he says walk in the spirit. And this is kind of a, this is kind of a, it can be a hard thing for us to kind of grip because, because you're saying, are you, are you really saying I can do whatever I want? Yeah, you can. Because, because the New Testament covenant is not about me making you do something. It's not even about God making you do something. It's about you being led of the spirit and walking in a liberty and a freedom to do whatever you want. And you choose to follow him. You choose because of love to do what he wants you to do. That's what he wants. He wants real relationship and choice. He's not trying to force anybody to do anything. And so it's sometimes that's kind of, I'll say hard, but it mixes. So God teaches me something, right? He shows me stuff that he likes, he doesn't like. And I'm like, hey, I want to, I want to do what you, what you like. And so I start doing what he likes. And then I see someone else and they're doing the exact same thing that I know he doesn't like. It's very easy for me to tell them, hey, don't do that. Do this. Right. And so that's not always wrong. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but if they do it because of me, their relationship is with me and not him. And at the end of the day, he didn't do all this for them to have a relationship with me. It's a relationship with him. And so Paul really says there's a liberty. There really is a real liberty in the Lord. But he says, just don't fall for the trap and think, okay, well, I can just kind of engage my, you could, but you would be entrapped again. You would go right back into the bondage that Jesus came to set you free from. And so coming to Christ, coming um, to faith in Jesus, it is about being saved from our sins, right? It's about being saved from our sins. This is you guys have heard me say this. Our message is not preaching for people to go to heaven one day. Jesus did not come to take people to heaven. He came to take away the sins of the world. Does that, understand that? There's, there's a difference here. Because there's a lot of people who say, I want to be saved. I want to I be a Christian, but I still want to live in my sin. <laughs> You've missed it. <laughs> I want to follow Jesus, but I want to sin. You've missed it. <laughs> You've missed what he came for. He came to set us free from sin. And so when the Bible preaches liberty, that's good news. You are free from the bondage of sin. You are now free to walk in how you've been called to walk, to walk in holiness 
and righteousness and well-pleasing to the Lord. That's, I'm free to do that. And so this is good news because now when temptation comes in my life, I don't have to submit to the temptation. The Bible says this, it says, um, with every temptation, God makes a way of escape. That is amazing to me. That means that no matter what comes, there is always a way for me to not sin in it. Like, it's never, oh, I'm going to just have to sin. That's not what the word teaches us. The word does not teach us that you're going to have to sin today. It doesn't teach you that you're going to have to sin tomorrow. It teaches us you're free. You're free. Temptation is still going to come. You're going to be tempted, but he's made a way so that you don't have to go from sin to sin, failure to failure. You can go from victory to victory to victory. Freedom and liberty and staying free from sin. That's the good news. Like I can live in the liberty of the spirit and be free from sin. So no matter what happens, no matter what situation comes, no matter how bad it is, I don't have to sin. That's awesome. That's great news. Um, sorry, because that, that really encouraged me um, this week. There's just some stuff going on. I was t- tired out of my mind and just, yeah, all this stuff and just different things. And it just kind of hit me was like, but you don't have to sin. You can still, you're still free to be pleasing to me right now. And I said, wow, in my feeling like garbage, I was still free. Like, and so that belief and that faith and that knowledge and that understanding, it brought a joy and a peace to me that was like, it's going to be okay because I'm not bound by sin. I don't have to act the way this is making me feel. I don't have to live. I'm, liter- I'm free. I'm okay with God. And, and I, I truly believe this, saints of God. We're going to have to find joy. The Bible says, restore unto me, Psalm 51, restore unto me the joy of salvation. There's, we're going to have to find joy in the fact that we have been saved from our sins. I know sometimes, you know, in our culture, we can find joy and excitement about good things happening. And I do that, too. Right. When the miracle takes place, when the prayer is answered, when the body is healed, when you get out of the situation, when it turns around. Those are exciting things. I love those testimonies. But at our core needs to be a joy that I'm saved from my sins. The reason I have joy every day it's because I'm free from sin, because there is a liberty that I have in the spirit of God that no matter what comes today, he's given me the power to overcome it. I can walk in holiness and righteousness today. That's what excites me. That's the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, because you're going to find yourself in some dark places and some hard places that won't make sense to the carnal mind. And you say, God, am I, are you forsaking me? No. Are you free from sin? If you're free from sin, he has not forsaken you. 
He's still just as much your Savior and your God in the middle of every trial as anywhere because you're free. See, and the enemy wants us to get focused on other things. He wants us to, to kind of put God on trial based on how he acts uh, for my situation. God's never promised me to get out of every situation. The Bible, Jesus, it says, he shall, you shall call his name Jesus, Matthew 121, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's the promise of the name of Jesus. That's the power in the name is that he'll save his people from their sins, deliver you from sin. I've been delivered from sin. That's, that is awesome. That is amazing. That is good news to me. <laughs> um, praise God. I got a lot of struggles and battles and stuff and things I got to figure out, but I don't have to sin. <laughs> it doesn't have to have dominion over you. Praise God, Sister Roberts. You said it. Let's go to that scripture, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Actually, probably better start in chapter 5. Not too far back. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Sorry, I just, I just read something, and it was like, I just got this revelation of, of it. That I never, okay, I'm not, I can't go there. We don't have time. So verse number 20, <clears throat> Romans 5, 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. <clears throat> That's great. Oh, Lord. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You read, <clears throat> you read chapter 5, and it, it, it had used to kind of mess with me. I didn't understand where it talks about the law coming in. And it literally creates sin. It's like sin increased because of the law. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, and then because that's how it gets into chapter seven, where it's like, well, is the law bad? He's like, God forbid. The law's not bad. But when it mixes with flesh, sin abounds. But the good news is that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Verse 20. Verse 21, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 1, what shall we say then? So should we just continue in sin so that grace can just keep growing? <laughs> right? That's kind of the carnal perception of this whole thing about liberty and free from sin and I'm righteous by faith. That's the carnal perception that just says, well, if grace is just going to keep growing because of because sin and grace is going to kind of overwhelm and overcome sin no matter what. Well, then I can just keep sinning to let grace keep growing. Verse 2, he's like, God forbid, how can you and we that are dead to sin live any longer? Don't you know that as many as were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism like as Christ. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> Verse 5, I'm just going to move through. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we'll also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall live with him. 
Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death does not have dominion for he that has died. He died unto sin once, but he lives. He lives unto God. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. There's so much there to unwrap. <clears throat> but if I'm under the law and still under the body and in the, in the flesh, sin abounds. Do, don't can't cannot i'm i'm measuring myself i'm i'm never gonna line up i'll never do enough i'll never be good enough there'll always be a shortcoming that'll something i didn't do good enough or right enough or all there's law but he's saying but under grace but under grace there is no law he does away with it and he calls you and says you're righteous you're dead to that you're no longer bound by that law, you're no longer bound by the body of sin, the body of the, the flesh. And, and this is why he says in Galatians, walk in the spirit. Because if you just walk in the spirit, walk in that freedom, walk in that liberty, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Like you will actually walk righteous before God. Probably not doing a great job explaining this, but... <clears throat> It's there's it's a level. It's a level of freedom that just doesn't make sense to my mind. It doesn't um, because I've all I've known is I got to do and don't. That's what I've known. But in the spirit, the Bible talks about it. The spirit kind of blows wherever it wants. And. You know how you become righteous in the spirit world? By faith. By hearing and obeying, right? By what he tells me, and then I do it. And it says God accounts me righteous. So, Sister Dawn, you brought up Abraham. How many of you guys remember the story of Abraham um, and Abraham and, and Sarah, his wife? And, uh, and, and what he did with Sarah, his wife? when they went to Egypt, right? And he tells her, listen, tell, tell them that I am your brother, you know? Um, very, very noble of him uh, because he wasn't even saying because so that they'll save you alive. He says so that they'll treat me good, <laughs> so that they'll save me. Um, so we read that, right? We read that story and you look at that and you're like, that is wrong that's in the category of wrong not right um, but the interesting thing how did God respond to that whole scenario like what did God do the guy like Abraham how dare you you could have gotten Sarah taken and they took Sarah and you know the I probably some of you don't know the story. I'm sorry. Let me let's go to the story. I'm talking too much about it to not go there. Genesis. Let's let's talk a little bit about it. 
I'm doing okay for time. Okay, we're okay. Are we okay so far? All right. Um, it's very early. Genesis chapter... <clears throat> um, 12... So, right, God calls Abram, chapter 12, awesome, he goes, you know, he leaves, and immediately, verse 10, there's a famine in the land, Abram goes to Egypt, Um, verse 11, he says to Sarah's wife, behold, you're a fair woman to look at, therefore, it'll come to pass, Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is wife, they're going to kill, and they'll kill me, and they'll save you alive, so, to I pray you say that you're my sister for my sake. That'll be well with me, right? For my sake. My soul shall live. Came to pass when Abram was come to Egypt, Egyptians beheld the woman, very fair. Everything happened just like he said. They took her into Pharaoh's house, verse 16, and he treated Abraham well, Abram well, for her sake. So, man, he got all this stuff, <laughs> you know, for, for yeah. Lying, letting his wife go. Um, Stuff. Verse 17, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. What? Verse 18, Pharaoh calls Abram and says, what have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? Right? Like, this is not good. Take her. Get away. Send him away with his wife and all that, he, all that they have, right? Um, and then there's one more time. Genesis chapter 21. I think it's 21, right? Um, no, chapter 20. Sorry. Genesis chapter 20. And uh, Abraham now... <clears throat> And uh, he does the same thing, verse number two. He says, she's my sister. Verse three, God comes to Abimelech in a dream and says, you're a dead man for the woman that you've taken. She's a man's wife. And look what Abimelech says. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he says, Lord, are you going to slay a righteous nation? We are righteous because we didn't do anything wrong. He said, she's my sister. And she even herself said, he's my brother. So I was working with integrity, innocence, righteous. And God says, yeah, I know you did this in integrity, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he's going to pray for you. And you will live. (laughs) And if you don't, you're going to die. Wow. Wow. Um, This is the faith of Abraham, right? And so it's easy from an outside perspective to look at that situation and say, that's wrong. That's right. God's view of things is different than our view. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 
And when God calls you into covenant with him and says, you're my son, he sees you that way. He's, that's, that's who you are. And so Abimelech says, hey, he's wrong. He did this. He did that. And it was as if God didn't even see it. <laughs> God was like, he's a prophet. And in my mercy towards you, I didn't allow you to do what you probably had a right to do through your carnal mind. I stopped you from doing it because you would have been sinning against my servant. Right? That seems, we would use the word unfair. Right? God's economy. <laughs> God's economy. Our job is not fairness, what we think is right, just. Our job is faith. And he accounts you righteous. <clears throat> That's why this is a gift. That's why this is such good news. So we read that. That's not something to say, well, man, God's not just and that's not right. Well, what about Abimelech? No, that's for us to say, I want to be seen that way by God myself. I want God to cover me the way he covered Abraham. And that's why the scripture says that we are the seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. We've been adopted in to that same type of covenant relationship with God. And so somebody says, say, well, that means I can do whatever I want. You missed it. Because God knows you're going to see his goodness. You're going to get in a relationship with him and you're going to want to please him. <laughs> you're not going to want, you're not going to want to deceive people. You're not going to want to tell lies and, and treat your wife wrong and just save your, you're going to walk in a righteousness you couldn't walk in if there were do's and don'ts. You're going to walk in a holiness you couldn't achieve through your own strength. So, so when Abraham has a son, right, Isaac, and God says, take Isaac, your son, and go sacrifice him. How is it that Abraham's able to wake up in the morning and say, let's go? We say, well, that, that, how could he do that? Because something transpired through the imputed righteousness of God that it took Abraham to a place of walking with God that nothing else could. Right? Abimelech could have chastised him. God could have chastised him and says, no, you were wrong. You shouldn't have done this. Don't say that about your wife. That's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. But he would have never walked in that place of imputed righteousness that makes you fall in love with the Lord, where you're willing to give up everything for him. The promised son that we would say, hey, I got him now. At a certain point, Abraham realized it's not even about the son. It's not about Isaac. It's not about what God has promised me. It's about pleasing him. It's about walking with him, whatever he wants. Church, this is what God is trying to grow us into. This is what he's moving us into. It's a place of holiness and righteousness that doesn't come from a list of do's and don'ts. It comes from a place of imputed righteousness where God says, you're mine. I cover you. I love you. And as you believe it, as you walk in that, you will walk in a holiness and a purity that will testify of what God says about you.
This is our message to the world. Our message to the world is not do better. Do's and don'ts. It's not. You can't. There's not enough. There's, there's too much stuff and sin that people are wrapped up in. There's too many layers of it. It's gotten too thick. We can't do and don't them out of it. They're just going to have to be imputed righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. Die to that body of sin and believe that they are new in Jesus Christ. And through that, something is going to miraculously transpire that they will walk in places they cannot do on their own. That is the gospel. That's the good news that works anywhere. They say, well, how long does it take? Don't worry about timing. It's not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Lord has put into his hand, but you shall be witnesses unto me. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Mm. Just testify of him. Don't worry about timing. It's taking too long. They should be here, but don't worry about all that stuff. You testify of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. You're free. <laughs> You're free. People ask me, I've had people ask me, like, is, this, is it wrong to do this? And, 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 and please, don't get me wrong. I am not saying we can't instruct and teach and tell because but most of the time God is already speaking to someone and our job is just to be a second witness to confirm what God is saying yeah you're hearing God's voice you are you are and then the reason you do what maybe I say or somebody else says is not because I said it it's because you know it was God speaking to you because you know this is the will of God don't do it simply because I say it. That's not enough. You don't become righteous from that. You'll do things that are probably good and better. And, you know, there's stuff I, you know, we teach and train. And I think it's proper way to do things. And absolutely, we need to tell those things. But please don't mistake that for righteousness in the kingdom of God. You know, there's things to do proper. I teach my sons, hold the door open for ladies, for actually everybody, right? Do it. And I make them do it. That'll make them righteous in the eyes of God. <laughs> I'm praying someday it'll trigger. Like, wow, I'm doing this unto the Lord. <laughs> and they'll hold the door open. And God will count them righteous for that. You know, uh, Right now, their righteousness is because they're being obedient to dad because that's what the word says. So you got some good going there. Keep it up. <laughs> Amen. Um, but there's a, there's, a, there's a liberty in this. There's a freedom. Amen. And so this is, so Paul in Galatians, sorry, what's the time? He's, he's, he's telling them, don't fall into the trap of, of using that liberty to, you know, because there were people, even in Galatians, who were trying to bring the church into bondage yeah. to good things to good things, seemingly good things. And Paul was like, don't fall for it. Don't allow anybody to bring you in. Don't let, because the church will not walk in the place of power and holiness that Jesus ordained for it to do if it ever becomes do's and don'ts. He says, because the letter kills, 
The Spirit gives life. And so a lot of Christianity today, it looks good. Doing good things, right things. But if it's not through the Spirit, God doesn't count it righteous. And it will kill eventually. It will kill. It will lead to condemnation. It leads to judging ourselves amongst ourselves, comparing ourselves. It leads to, to pride. And, and, and so you go from, from condemnation to pride, one or the other, your entire life. It's just jumping back and forth. So if you're doing good, I got pride, I'm great. And if you're not doing good, I'm beating myself up. I'm no good. I don't deserve this. That means you're not walking in the spirit. If you're in either of those places, you're not walking in the liberty of the spirit, in the freedom. We can judge somebody else and look at somebody else and put them down because of what they're doing or not doing. You're not walking in the liberty of Christ. You're not walking in the freedom of Jesus. Because when I recognize who I am, not because of what I do, but because of what he did, that's the only reason I am what I am. It's because of him. And so for you, I don't see you according to what you do. I see you according to who he says that you are and what he's done for you and who he's called you to be. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from from the accusations of the enemy. I'm free from my own condemnation. I'm free from pride and comparing myself and feeling better than you or less than you. No, I'm free to just love you. Free to encourage you in the Lord. He says you're his. Mm. And church, when we go, when we have to, we, and here's the thing, we have, it's not trusting people. I said this before, it's going to sound kind of weird, maybe kind of mean. I don't trust you. I don't trust me. I trust him. And I trust the him in you. That's what I trust. (laughs) I trust him in you. And you you walking in, I trust him. He's good. This is how, why we're different, why we're able to love and serve and do all these things because you've got him in you. I mean, I, I, I pray you don't do me wrong. I pray you're walking in the spirit, but I'm trusting him. And so I'm free. I'm free. I'm, I'm jumping all around. Okay. Praise God. All right. Um, <clears throat> can we just go to another scripture? Sorry. First Corinthians chapter eight. First Corinthians chapter eight. <clears throat> First Corinthians eight, <clears throat> excuse me. Verse. I started verse eight. It just says, um, talking about, but meat commends us not to God. For neither if we eat, are we better? Neither if we eat not, are we the worse? But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So I got to be careful now that I don't use my liberty as an occasion for my flesh or as an occasion to cause you to stumble. Somebody says, well, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. 
But if I'm causing you to stumble, if I'm really hurting your walk with God, I'm not walking in the spirit. So it's, it's beautiful because, church, we can trust the liberty of the spirit. When we are walking truly in the spirit, in the freedom of Christ, I don't have to have my guard up. And, and, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking to, even of myself, so uh, in, a, in a pastoral role, right? And many times, and Pastor Vona, you can attest to this, in today's culture, people would, um, in today's Christian culture, Maybe ask a question, hey, how's the church going? Right? How's your church doing? And and by that there's a connotation to say, if they're doing well, good job. If they're not doing well, what you doing wrong? And so almost like your I say identity, but kind of your success is based on how things are going, you know. Uh, and so that's that's just a challenge for this. Every everything has its challenges of falling prey and falling into that. But when we recognize, actually, I'm not accountable for how you do. I'm really not. I'm accountable for how I walk in faith. And if I walk in faith, he said this to Timothy. He says, "Listen." Take heed to yourself, to the doctrine, right? And in doing so, you're going to save yourself and those that hear you. So really, I only have to worry about me. So I wake up in the morning, I don't have to worry about you. I got to worry about me. Am I walking in the spirit? Am I walking in freedom and liberty, taking heed to what the word of God has taught me and not getting off into my own thoughts and opinions and allowing circumstance to change the word of God in my mind and apply myself walking by faith? And if I do that, well, then it's all good. Everything else coming out, y'all will be okay. People around me will be fine. (laughs) That's good news. But it's not just me. That's you, too. Right? That's you for your children. That's you for family members, for all of that, for everybody that we feel a responsibility for or a desire to see. We need to, yes, we have a burden and we want to see them, but please, we got to be very careful. Don't let that thing carry over into a place of a weight where we feel as though I am responsible for their soul. I can't save anybody. And I can't put anybody in hell, right? I got to take heed to myself. And if I do that, I'm going to produce something that's going to free them to do what they're called to do. And if each of us is doing that, we're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. Amen. Amen. And so I say this, obviously, kind of in my position, that's something I have to consistently let go of. And I'm preaching this to myself, the liberty of Christ. And so there is, a, there is a challenge because with the liberty that is in Christ comes the voice of the enemy that says, but all sorts of stuff's going to happen and people are going to do this and that and go there and touch that and 
wear this and wear that and look at that and do all these bad things and you got to put the hammer down. And so, not just me, but for any of us, that could become a challenge. That we try and control something where Jesus says, no, there's freedom. There's freedom. And we become dominion. We take dominion over something that he has never told us to take dominion over. He's never told us to conquer people. He's never told me to lord over God's people. If you want to be a leader, what does he say? You need to be a servant. You want to be great? She says you need to lower yourself. So if you're controlling people, you're not operating in the spirit of God. Not in the love of God. Because not even God does that. And he wants people saved more than any of us. But he won't force anybody to do anything. And so we've got to be able... And that's what I'm saying. We're not trusting people. We're trusting the word of God. That God will do what he said he will do. He'll finish the work he started. If he's begun a work, he'll start it. And so my job, and this is why it says we got to stir one another up to love and to good works, which is faith. Faith. I, I need you to keep reminding me of the word of God. The word of God, because it's faith in the word. It's, it's the power of the word of God. As I keep believing it, walking in that, it produces righteousness. Amen? But if I'm like, RJ, don't you do that. What's wrong with you? Stop. Cut it out. I might get right action, but it won't produce faith. It won't produce liberty in the spirit. It won't produce true holiness to God. And he'll only go as far as I can take him through my words. But if I pray for him, if I pour into him the word of God, say, and I speak to him who he is in Christ, and you're a son of God. He loves you. You're his. You're a prophet. You're covered. You're righteous in his eyes. Man of God, woman of God, right? I'm speaking that. You're, you're free in Christ. You don't have to sin. You're not bound by it anymore. You're dead to that. You're alive in him. God will do it. <laughs> and he'll go further than I could ever take him in through my own words. He'll be more pure than I could ever create through my own. We'll have a real purity. Amen. And so sometimes it may not look good at first. And there's a temptation that says, oh, you got to get a hold of this. Don't let it go. Trust God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It's okay. Um, this is important for us because we're going out. Right? We're going out trying to reach our world. We've been called to reach our world. The landscape is changing. People's hearts and minds are open to the gospel, right? They're open to the truth. They're not open. God's not opening hearts to a form of religiosity and manipulation and control. He's not opening people to bondage. 
He's opening their hearts to true freedom in the Lord. And so our message is, you can be free from sin. Really. Like, well, I, I, I got this and I got that. Don't worry about it. And I can't stop this and I can't stop that. Don't even worry about it. You're right, you can't. He never taught you to do it. He knows you can't. But if you believe that he will through you, if you believe that through Jesus Christ, he washes all that stuff away and he makes you free from it, you believe that, you'll be free. But I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. Believe it. But I can't do it. You don't have to do it. Believe it. Church, we've got we've to settle this in our hearts because this is the message our world needs. This is the message our world needs. If we're waiting for people to get their lives together and get their acts together before we give them the gospel, we're not saving anybody. But we go with the power of the gospel, right? It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. It works. It works. It works. It works. You know how I know it works? Because it's working in me. <laughs> you know how you know it works? Because it's working in you. <laughs> You're a living testimony that the gospel works. Praise God. Why don't we stay in? Let's stay in. Praise God. Uh, let's just thank the Lord for the gospel. Thank you, Lord. Ah, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. We are yours, God. We are yours, God. We are yours. We are yours. Lord, we thank you that you have chosen us. Thank you, Lord, that your word never fails, God. Lord, that work that you have begun in us years ago, Lord, that you've seen us even before we saw you, before we called on you, you chose us and you were already working. You were already arranging things in our lives and putting people in places and treating us like sons and treating us, oh God, like your family. We thank you, Lord, that you do not deal with us according to our sins, Lord, but you remember that we are but dust and you are faithful to your covenant. You are good, oh God, to those, God, that love you. I thank you, Lord, that you, God, will complete the work that you have begun in us. We thank you, Lord, that you have much people in this city, much people, Lord, that you are calling, God, that you want to do great and mighty works through them. You want to show off your power to save. Oh, God, I pray that you will anoint us. Lord, give us revelation, Lord, of the gospel. Revelation, Lord, of this truth, Lord, to walk in places of holiness and righteousness, Lord, that we can never imagine, oh, God. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for liberty in the spirit. We are free from sin, Lord. I thank you we are no longer bound by the lust of the flesh, by the pride of life, oh God, by the lust of the eyes. We are free today. Jesus in you, Lord, we thank you that you have made us alive. Oh God, we thank you that we are your vessels, your instruments. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We yield our minds, our bodies, our mouths to you. Lord, for whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, we thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us. We give you all the honor today. God, do what only you can do. We thank you, Lord, that you will destroy every work of the enemy, every work of addiction and sin that is in people's lives, oh God. We thank you that you have already provided the answer. 
Lord, help us to walk in this. Help us to believe today. Help us, Lord, to be settled, rooted, and grounded in love like never before. Oh, we honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We are free in you. Free, free, freedom. Freedom in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Mm, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Church, we really do have the good news. It really is the good news. Yeah. <laughs> 